text message from our district superintendent this week. He had sent it to every pastor in our district and he'd asked all about 350 churches in the New York District of the Assemblies of God if we would announce and participate in a 21-day Daniel fast beginning today, moving through the 26th of January. We did this as a body of believers last March. I have to tell you that as a result of that specific 21 days of prayer and the number of people that participated, we saw answers to prayer all over the place. My wife and I have talked about it all year long, about the things that we saw happen. We are going to be joining with our other churches in our district, and perhaps there will be others around the nation I know that will be doing this. But in your bulletins, we wanted to give you a guide to what a Daniel fast would look like for you. There is a list of things that is permitted to eat and things that are going to be off limits, and we put those off limits not because we want to torture ourselves, but because we want to prepare ourselves for a spiritual move in our life. Fasting before the Lord is a biblical principle. Daniel took time and said, I will only eat these things, and he began to seek the Lord. As we kick off this new year, we have a great deal of things that we need God to do within our midst. And I can't think of a better way for us to start than to have a week of prayer. Number one, this week. And for those of you that would be willing to join, and if you can't do it fully, then I would ask perhaps you could fast one meal a day. And take that time when you are fasting to seek the Lord. Follow Him with all of your heart. Let's start the year. In a, in a sense of devotion that may be different than what we have done in the past so that we can see God move in our lives. This coming week, the schedule for our week of prayer is going to be a little bit different than what we've done in the past. We used to have it that it would start at 7 o'clock at night and go to 8 o'clock at night. And we discovered that from what people were telling me that once you get home from work, it gets really hard to turn around and come back out again. So we are moving the time for our week of prayer this week to 5.30 to 6.30 so that you can come directly from work right to church. And especially for those of you that may be fasting, this would be a, a wonderful time to pray during what might normally be the time of your evening meal. The setting will be in here. I will start with a very short devotion that will give us some guidelines of how to pray that evening. We'll put some music on. And if you want to kneel, you can kneel. If you want to walk, you can walk. But we're just going to let the sanctuary become a place where we seek God with all of our hearts. We'll be doing that from Monday through Friday of this week. Starting Monday of the next week, I'll be opening the church at 6.30 in the morning, and we will have that, the, the church open for the next two weeks, Monday through Friday, from 6.30 to 9 o'clock in the morning for those of you that want to start your day by coming to the church and praying. So again, this week it's the supper hour, 5.30 to 6.30, except on Wednesday night, and we will be having all of the adults join here during our regular time at uh, 7 to 8.30 on Wednesday night, but the rest of the week... 5.30 to 6.30 for our week of prayer. And then for those of you that would like to continue on with me through the 21 days, it will be in the morning after that. This morning I want to share with you a couple of things that I felt the Lord lay upon my heart for as we come into this new year. And I would like, if you would, to turn to Colossians chapter 1. You see listed in your bulletin the 2014 theme and verse... And while I have one verse listed there, I would really like to read for you verses 9 through 12 because this is where the theme comes from. 
And the theme this year is going to be conforming to His image. It's going to be a year of messages on developing to become more Christ-like. I have some series that the Lord has laid upon my heart that I've enjoyed studying for and can't wait to prepare to bring to you. But I don't want to stand here next year on this date and be the same person that I was last year on this date. I believe that if we're going to have a vital relationship with the Lord, there needs to be discernible, definable, recognizable differences in the way that we grow in the Lord. You should not still be struggling with things that you did when you were first saved years into your relationship with Christ. If there are those things that are continuing to hinder you, then we have failed in what it means to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ or to be conformed into His image. The Scripture says in Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way. That is our goal, to live a life worthy of the Lord and to please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have a a great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to God uh, the Father who has qualified you to share in His inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. You will hear me throughout the year refer to this many times and perhaps even preach upon this as it becomes the theme for our spiritual growth this year. Today, however, I would like to bring our attention back to an aspect that will start this growth, and that's prayer. A couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to share with you a message on how to pray every day. And as uh, we were going through the list, Pastor Mark has a way of telling us how many people have listened to what messages online. And this was the most listened to message that we had. I, I am not certain of the numbers, but it was hundreds if not a thousand or more times that this message had been listened to. I want to repeat it to you this morning as we prepare ourselves today. In Colossians chapter 4 verse 2, the scripture says this to us. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. I come from a family of Christians. I am a fourth generation Pentecostal. I had praying grandparents and I have praying parents. Some of you likewise have that kind of history. Some of you are first generation Christians. I firmly believe, and my wife and I believe this, firmly believe that we are living a life that is under the blessing of generations of prayer. I've had people tell me, Pastor, you just seem lucky. There seems to be things, you know, just, I want you to know something. I'm blessed. I'm living a life of blessing because of the prayers of generations of people. This past week when we were with our grandchildren, my grandson was, had just discovered he'd had pneumonia. He was having, for those of you that are parents, you know when your kids aren't well because they're rolling around and they're groaning and they're not breaking things. 
And he was laying in bed with me that night, and, and in the middle of the night, as he's laying between Cindy and I, we feel that his little body is just burning up. And he rolls over and he says, Popeye, pray. Popeye, pray. That rips your heart out. The next morning as I begin to think about that, how great is it for a four-year-old that the first thing he thinks of when he gets sick is to have been raised in an environment where he knows that the answer is prayer. For those of you that are first-generation Christians, I want you to know something. It's time for you to let go of the past and start to look to the future because you could very well be the, the avenue of blessing to your children and to your grandchildren in prayer. There is a residual effect to your prayers that will move through your family. And I pray that God will allow us the time to see our prayers be answered as it relates to our kids and to our grandkids. As you begin to seek the place of developing spiritually, you begin to come to that place where you recognize that prayer is not just an activity we do. Prayer is everything that we can do. And sometimes we get to those helpless times and we don't know what we can do. And, and as Christians, we even feel sometimes that prayer seems helpless and, and it's just words. But I want you to know that there's a spiritual component to your communication with God that Satan can't do anything about. Because it touches the heart of God and God responds to you. And so in learning how do we pray every day, the first thing I want you to understand is have a time and have a place. Have a time and have a place. I have discovered in my life, and chances are you have too, it's amazing how I can find time in a busy schedule to do something I really want to do. It's amazing to me that in the middle of busyness, if I really want to do something, I can find time to do it. I asked God this week as I was praying for you, Lord, would you develop within our church a hunger for prayer? I admit to you as I have admitted to our board, as I have examined my life and the things and the way I have led this church, that I have led you in a way that I have failed you when it comes to the area of prayer. I have not modeled that, nor have I provided it the way that I have needed to for you to see how important this is. And I have asked God to forgive me as He helps develop me in His nature. Just because you do something privately does not mean all the time that you get to see the results of that in the lives of people. So we are going to be praying this year. It's important. We can't have relationship with God without it. And so find a time and find a place where you can settle yourself. How many of you are morning people? Yeah, I mean, you just get up early in the morning. Fifteen of you. For those 15 of you that just love the morning, pray for us. Pray for us. I have said this before and I will say it again. I am not concerned whether you are an early morning prayer or you are a late night prayer. I am concerned that you are a prayer. As you face this year, I need you to ask the question, is life just happening to you or are you under the direction of a God that knows exactly what He wants in your life? Because without prayer, you don't know. 
Too many of us just kind of bounce along and whatever comes, that day comes. And I have been praying, Lord, I ask that you would lead us and guide us so that what happens in our life happens as a direct result of you leading us. Because if that happens, then I can guarantee you that there will be more souls that will come into the kingdom as a direct result of your testimony. There will be people whose lives are blessed as a direct result of your life. There will be people that will experience healing because you prayed for them. And I want you to know that next week we're going to be having a healing service. We're going to be praying for God to bring healing into people's lives, whatever the need may be. So I'm going to ask that you would begin to pray for that. We were talking about that in our class this morning, in our New Believers class about divine healing. And I said, you know what? Some of you may be gifted spiritually with the gift of healing, but you never know it until you step out in faith. God may be using you, but you don't know it until you step out in faith. And you can't step out in faith if you haven't had a time and a place to pray. Prayer needs to be at the top of our list, whether it's on your day timer, on your PDA, whatever it may be. Please make prayer the top of the list because there is no spiritual discipline without prayer. If it's not on the top, it doesn't get done. It's like the discipline of stewardship and giving. I know that when people first come to Christ, they say, well, here's the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to wait till the very end and wait till everything else is paid and then whatever's left, I'll, I'll give it to, to the Lord. I want you to know something. Until you put the Lord first, you're going to discover nothing else stretches. God must be put first in everything we do, whether it be our prayer life, whether it be our tithe life, whether it be honoring God, or as we heard today, whether it be surrendering. When you surrender, you say, it's no longer my will, God, but I'm going to surrender to your will. As you are starting to learn to pray every day, be very realistic. Sometimes you read about the great revivalists of olden days that would get up at 4 in the morning and they would pray for 4 hours and you start 2014 saying, that's me. I'm getting up at 4 in the morning and I'm going to pray till 8 o'clock in the morning. If you've never done that before, you will be asleep by 4.10. Just like if you've decided that you're going to start exercising, you do not get out and run 5 miles the first day. You're lucky if you make it to the end of the driveway. It's a discipline that takes time and a beginning, and you give yourself a set amount of time. If you have a hard time concentrating, then give yourself five minutes to read the Word, and you say, but that's not enough for a whole chapter. I'm not concerned about whole chapters. I'm concerned about nourishing what you're given. Let it nourish your life. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, but I want you to know that when Paul said that, he had had a life that had developed to the point where he could pray without ceasing. Start somewhere. Start sometime. Give yourself a few minutes, whether it's five minutes or ten minutes or fifteen minutes of combination of Bible reading and prayer. But spend some time at that level until you can begin to grow it. I'm going to ask that you would also take and start a little journal. Just get yourself a plain notebook and and begin to write down. Every time you tell somebody you will pray for them, write down what you say you will pray for them for. Because when you do that, you will quickly discover that your list is going to grow. And then when God answered those prayers, write down the date that it was answered so that in your journal you have a constant reminder that God answers prayer because you see it in front of you and a constant reminder that God is still answering prayers because of the needs before you. That will be a tremendous help to you as you are learning to pray every day. It will also help you to no longer be a liar as it relates to the number of people that we say we'll pray for them and then don't. That's one of those great Christian-isms that we use to try to end conversations. I'll pray for you. 
as it comes to the discipline of prayer. How many of you were forced to take music lessons when you were young? Piano, instrument, bands. Some of you. How many of you still play those instruments? You? How many of you hated to practice? How many of you have kids that play the drums? <laughs> you? I played the trumpet and the piano. Those early days of the trumpet were really tough on my neighborhood. But you know something? The more you do something, the better you get. As it is with prayer in our life, as you start this week, and for some of you this isn't start, this is continuing on, you will discover that you will, you will have a greater aptitude for prayer. Your mind will wander less. You'll be more focused on it. In fact, you will develop an appetite. Get to the point where you will not be able to live without it. In fact, your day will seem hollow if you've not had a chance to be in the presence of the King. You've said that you've wanted to love God more. Begin to talk to Him more and begin to listen to Him more as He speaks back to you. The Bible tells us often that Jesus, Jesus, fully God, fully man, Jesus had to get up in the morning and pray. If Jesus, recognizing the humanity aspect of His nature, needed to be in contact with God and do it on a regular basis and for hours, then how much more do we who are only fully human and have none of the divinity nature of us, how much more do we need to be in contact with God if we want to be obedient to Him in the life that we live? Lord, help us to have an instinct to pray. The second point that I want to bring up to you today is a pattern that will help you as you pray. Some people just need little things and little cues to help them. Written out within your bulletin is... There's an acrostic there that you can that you can begin to use, and the first one spells Christ. And I just let me highlight it real quick that the C in Christ represents concentrating on the Father. Begin your prayers by just concentrating on the Father and being thankful. The H represents a Hallelujah moment, talking about Hallowed be His name, Holy is His name. There is an aspect of prayer that we need to recognize that we are stepping into the holy presence of God. One of the reasons that some people don't pray is because in stepping into the holy presence of God, they feel so unworthy because they come in such an unworthy manner based on the lives that they have been living. But I want you to know that the holiness of God does not, is not there to represent a repelling nature, but it's there to represent a drawing nature that He will draw you to Himself and in forgiving you that you will likewise be able to enjoy the holiness and the righteousness of God. The R represents rule or Christ's rule in me. Lord, let me not rule myself because I've not done a very good job of that. I've not done a very good job of outlining my life the way I want it. So Lord, since You are my Savior and You are the King, rule in me the way You need me to go. The I represents I give you this day. I give you this day. In Psalms, it tells us that our life is like a book that God has written out all of the days of our life before one even existed. I have to admit to you that many times I have thought about what that might look like when I stand before God and He hands me the book that He had written for my life and I compare it to the book that I wrote for my life. And what the differences of those will look like and which one of those would have been more fulfilling and which one of those would have given more glory to God. 
And so this gives you an aspect in your prayer life of giving God the chance to say, whatever you've written in your book for my life today, then lead me to that so that our books are simultaneous and our books are similar. The S represents Savior or forgive me of my sin. There's not a day that goes by, no matter how good you are, that you are sinless. There's not a day that goes by that we cannot kneel before God and say, forgive me and receive that forgiveness. And the T is for triumph. Lord, lead me away from testing. It's not that He doesn't want to test you in life, but the, He knows that we have a tendency to put ourselves in tests sometimes that we know we're going to fail. There are things within your life, danger zones, I've called them potholes of life, that you fall into day after day after day. Not because the strength of God is not there to help you overcome them, but because you choose which way you're driving your life. And you tell God, I want you in my life, so take the passenger seat. I've got the wheel. And this aspect of prayer says, Lord, let me switch places with you. You become the driver. And let me become the passenger. And you lead me and guide me where you need me to go. If you pray this way, then all of your life can be brought under that umbrella. For those of you that think, okay, that's too big of a word, let's go to a smaller one. Acts. Also there for you in your bulletin. If you want to pray according to the word Acts, then you start with the A, which is adoration. We begin by prayer by not rushing into the presence of God with help me, which is I'm really, really good at. I'm good at starting off my list of things that I need God to take care of for me. But when you come with adoration, it stops you in your tracks for a moment to consider whose presence that you're coming into, the magnificence of God, and that great Christians praying learn focus learn to focus first on the presence of the one they're coming to. For those of you who are married, you know that when you come home at the end of the day, the first thing that you want to be greeted with is not the list of things that you've got to do tonight. The first thing that you want to be greeted with is with a kiss and say, I love you. I'm so glad to see you. I've missed you all day. Oh, that changes the whole list. So it is with God that when we come into His presence, if we would spend time and simply expressing our adoration to Him of how much we love Him and how much He matters to our life, then our experience will be better if we start with adoration. The second part of that is C for confession. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to think about that verse for just a moment. If we confess our sins, <clears throat> you'll notice that it didn't say if we justify what we are doing, it will be all right. The Scripture indicates very clearly that the response of our heart to God should be that we enter into His presence confessing, Lord, I know, I know today my life has not been a mirror image of You, and so please forgive me. And as you begin to confess your sins, as you begin to confess your faults, not only does it bring you to a place where He can begin to mold you and make you, but in that aspect you also begin to understand what it means to have the convincing power, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit lifted from your life and replaced with satisfaction and peace. If you live in sin, there can be no joy. If you live in forgiveness, there is great peace. And so the second part is facing confession before the Lord. The third is thanksgiving. Adoration. 
adoration, confession, thanksgiving. Jesus demonstrated this when He was facing the cross. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, it says, He took the cup and when He had given thanks, He gave it to them. We just talked about that at communion. He gave thanks before He gave them the cup. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I know that there are some of you that are in this room today that are finding it very, very difficult to be thankful for what's happening in your life. Some circumstances seem so encumbering and so binding that the thought of being able to lift up your hands and praise God in the middle of the tribulation and hardship that you're going through seems like it would be very out of character. And for some of you, it's say, I can do that, but it will be insincere. I want you to know something. Sincerity follows your actions. There have been times within all of our lives when things have not been going well and we've been blaming God some of the times, but there's something about releasing yourself and saying, Lord... Out of the difficult things in my life, let me still look at everything that I've got to be thankful for. And as you begin to be thankful for those things, it begins to unlock some things within your heart. In fact, Paul brought up a really interesting point when he said in the Romans that the problem with the pagans was that they neither honored God nor did they give thanks to Him. In other words, he saw these two things in combination. The reason people didn't believe God, the reason that they were outside, because they number one, they didn't honor Him, and number two, they couldn't find anything to give thanks to Him for. And He says, that's the difference between us. Those of us who are not pagans, those of us who believe in Christ, always have something to be thankful for. As I look around this room, I see many things that I can give thanks to God for in your life. I give thanks to God for your strength, for your health, for the blessings that He has given. I give thanks to God that I was born in America. I give thanks to God for everything that He has provided we have much to be thankful for. So yeah, well, Pastor, what happens if by the end of the year things aren't going well? Then I will give thanks to God because He knows what's going on and He knows that this world is not my home. And I don't want to grow so in love with it that I don't want to leave it for that which is better on the other side. So if you're in a trial, give God thanks for it and see what He does. The S is for supplication for the specific requests that we bring to the Lord. God has given us permission to come to Him with our needs. He's given us permission to come, whether they be physical needs, spiritual needs, whether they be needs of jobs, needs in our families. He has told us that it's okay and that He allows us to come boldly, like children that come running into your house, boldly into His presence because that's the kind of relationship we have as family. And He says, bring them to Me. He's a God that answers prayer. He's a God that responds to our needs. Within your bulletin today, I trust that each of you got one. We may need more of these, but there's a little form that looks like this. It says, 2014, week of prayer, prayer requests. In just a couple of minutes... We're going to begin to fill these out. As I was thinking about this week of prayer and what it might look like, I thought, you know, there are some things going on in your lives that we don't know anything about. Some of it because you didn't want anybody to know about it. 
Some of it because you didn't know how to tell people. We take five minutes every Sunday and we get up and we go around and we find names and we greet one another. And I know in five minutes you don't have enough time to get to know people. Sometimes people come up and say, hey, how you doing? And you don't have the heart to tell them how you're really doing. So you say, fine. And everybody moves on by. But during our week of prayer this week, I'm going to ask us to do something. Worship team, why don't you go ahead. I'm going to ask that you would take this card. And we have some pins that are going to be available here in a minute. I'm going to ask that you would write down a prayer request. Maybe you have many requests. Maybe you have one. And before you say, well, Pastor, I'm really not that comfortable with this, I want you to know it may be that you just simply put unspoken request. You don't have to put your name on it. You can if you want to. You can put the names of the people perhaps that you'll be praying for or want others to pray for. But I want you to think for a moment about as we come before the Lord in supplication, what are the things that you desire God to do for you in 2014? What are some things that you would like to see? When we finish this this morning, I'm going to have you bring these, and you don't have to fold them. You can just come, and at the end, I'm going to have you just lay these on the step. Because each afternoon when we come in to pray, wherever you come to kneel, there will be probably a few of these that will be within arm's reach. And I'm going to ask you to kneel in a different place every day. Just scoop up these needs that are there. And then take your journal that you've got and just write them down in your journal. It's going to give you a start of how you can pray. There are some things that are obvious that we're praying for. I want to see Gloria Lincoln healed. I want to see Jerry healed. We have people in this church that are going through some things and you've kind of kept it to yourself. There's some of you that have been praying for unsaved loved ones. You've been carrying this burden alone, and we as a body are going to carry it with you. We're going to write it down in our journals and we're going to pray. Some of you are facing job situations that you just are uncertain about. Our God knows everything. He knows right where He needs you, right where He wants you, and right how to open the right doors. Some of you are facing some financial situations that are really, really stressful right now and you're not sure what to do about it. I want you to know we can take those things before the Lord because He gives us wisdom in how to steward the money that He brings into our lives. Some of you kids have parents that aren't here with you and you're here by yourself because they're not living for the Lord and we're going to be praying to pray with you that your whole family can celebrate together and worship Whatever the need may be, whatever it may be, if you want to just write it down, say, please pray that. And you can list names if it's fine to do that. The one I'm going to be listing certainly has names attached to it. Cindy and I will put our names to these. If you're comfortable doing that, then just write the need because we're going to take these before the Lord. Do we have any extra cards that we have? extra cards. If you need a card and you don't have one, would you just raise your hand? We have some extra. Some in the back. 
passing those out, let me just pray for you. Father, as we begin to approach this week of prayer, this time of prayer and fasting, help us bear one another's burdens as we lift up each other's needs before you. As we come before you, seeking that you would do a work within our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask that as our worship team sings that we would just take a couple of minutes and begin to write down the things that we have on these and then at the end we'll conclude by bringing them.